Hey everybody, you're watching and listening to the We Are Rising podcast. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin. I'm joined by Jay Christian Gary, who's uh, currently in the world of eating right now, so he may not be able to speak, but he is here with us. Uh, with us, we got a very special guest of us. We got Gil Guardado, who will be making his pro wrestling debut at Bloodsport 4 this weekend, taking on Diego Perez. Uh, Gil is a MMA fight, former MMA fighter, 5-3, and three, and is also the strength and conditioning MMA coach. fighter. Uh, uh, strength and conditioning coach for Extreme Couture. Uh, Gil, thank you so much for talking to us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so the first thing I got to know is, so when I, whenever the Bloodsport sh- uh, shows come out, I always look up the fighters, the wrestlers, and see who's coming, at, who it is, everybody. I was like, I know that name, Gil Guardado. I've seen that name before. And you were the guy who helped train John Moxley for his match, uh, his title match against Chris Jericho. Uh, what, was it, what was it like uh, working with uh, training John Moxley? I got to hear about all that. Uh, so I've, I've actually been training with John uh, going on about two years now. Uh, we, we met randomly. We met randomly here in Vegas at Extreme Couture MMA. Um, he came in while he was still with WWE. We met in about October 2015. Came in, just uh, he had just moved out here. He was looking for a gym to train at. I introduced myself to him just like I do to everybody else that walks through the door, except I knew who he was. I knew exactly what he did. Uh, and I just made myself available to him and said, hey, my name is Gil. I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Anything you need, come see me. We never trained together at that point. We just talked a few times, got to know each other a little bit, but he was on the road quite a bit. Uh, a couple months later, he ended up winning the uh, WWE title for the first time and then disappeared because he's on the road all the time. Uh, and I didn't hear from him again for a couple of years. Uh, fast forward to right before he made his AEW debut, I think it was early 2019, uh, I got a message on Instagram from his wife, Renee, and said, hey, my husband, John's looking for a strength and conditioning coach. Here's his number. Give him a call. I thought it was a joke at first, and then I saw the blue check mark by her name. I was like, oh, damn, this is real. Uh, so I sent a text. I was like, hey, John, this is Gil. Heard you were looking for me. Let me know what I can do for you. Love to help you out. I got a response from him immediately saying, dude, my contract's about to be up. I need to start training. I want to be in the best shape of my life. I want to completely recreate myself and rebuild myself from the ground up. When can we get going? I was supposed to go on vacation the following Monday. I postponed my vacation just so I could start training John. Uh, We got him ready to make his AEW debut. That went great. We got him ready that uh, the whole first year got him in fantastic shape, work on technique, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing. Eventually that led to the title. Worked with him all the way through his title run. Worked with him leading up to the first Bloodsport match with uh, Chris Dickinson. I actually just finished training him about an hour ago, uh, you know, just keeping him in shape for whatever he's got coming next. So, yeah. Just let everybody know that a question was actually submitted by Charlene uh, from at It's Mox Time on Twitter. Uh, so that was not initially our question. But uh, let's talk about yourself. Um, you started out as an MMA fighter, now are a coach. Can you just tell us about, yes, yeah, uh, starting out as an MMA fighter and then when you started to uh, decide this transition to becoming a, uh, a coach? Uh, it all was kind of a simultaneous process. I never chose to be one or the other. I'm still not choosing to be one or the other. I'm actually still, I still consider myself an active fighter, even though I haven't fought in a little over two years. Um, part of that was due to injury. Part of that was because I had kids a few years ago. Part of that was just because of COVID in the state of the world. It's hard to get fights. Uh, I actually became a certified personal trainer in 2006, uh, around the same time that I actually started training for MMA. Had my uh, amateur debut in 2007, uh, continued to learn, continued to progress, 
build more uh, experience and education in both fighting and in strength conditioning. Um, I moved out to Vegas in 2008. I turned pro in uh, 2011. My most of my amateur career with uh, Extreme Couture, my entire pro career with Extreme Couture. Um, and then during that time, as you accumulate more skills and as people get to know you and as opportunities present themselves, they started offering me classes to teach. I started getting more private clients and started training people in more disciplines. Eventually, they hired me on as the full-time strength and conditioning coach in April 2013. Uh, and I've been a strength and conditioning coach here ever since. Uh, during that time, I continued to compete. Um, you know, fights started coming a little bit less and less because life happens. I got married in 2015. I had kids in 2018. Or sorry, I got married in uh, 2017 and I had kids in 2018. Don't let my wife hear that. She's going to get mad at me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the last couple of years have just been kind of rough getting fights. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of transitioning into a different stage of life where I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a coach. Uh, I still have that competitive drive. I still want to be able to go out there and showcase my skills. And just nothing beats a good old-fashioned fist fight. So this opportunity for blood sport came along uh, through John, actually. Moxley told me that uh, Josh Barnett was looking for some guys. They submitted my name. Josh Barnett put me on the card, and here we are. So Actually, I will correct myself. I thought you were retired because anytime I hear that somebody's a coach, I always think, okay, they just they, – they, it's they're done. Because coaching and actively fighting are – it is a lot to juggle, and usually people choose one or the other. Very rarely do they ever choose to do both at the same time. So I stand correct on that. My apologies. Uh, oh, no, nothing to apologize about. You're absolutely right on that. A lot of guys tend to transition into coaching stuff after the competitive career is over. But my whole career, ever since I became a uh, strength and conditioning coach and a personal trainer in 2006, my whole career has simultaneously been working in the gym and training in the gym. I'm very fortunate that I get to do everything in one under one roof. I'm here at Extreme Couture, which is not only the best MMA gym in Vegas, but also one of the best MMA gyms in the world. Uh, I get to work with a wide variety of people from all different walks of life, but I also have plenty of opportunities to get my own work in early morning, middle afternoon, late evening, in between sessions. If I got more than 30 minutes, I'm usually going to get something for myself. Okay, can you just tell us why uh, you said that Extreme Couture is the best? And tell us in your own words why it is the best. Because let's be honest, Vegas, I think there's, or Nevada in general, I think there's a MMA gym just about on every corner. So tell us why, why you consider Extreme Couture to be the best. I think Extreme Couture has always been the best because the simple reason that people come here because they want to learn, they want to train with other people who are the best. The motto of the gym since day one has always been check your ego at the door. We've gotten guys that come in here that are world-class fighters, ranked fighters, world champions. But if you come in here with a bad attitude, we've got plenty of guys that are willing to line up and make sure that we put that attitude in check. So that's one of the reasons why we are the best is that we help to keep the egos aside a little bit so people can come in and just get the work that they need from the people they need it from. No one person is bigger than the team. No one person is bigger than the gym. Everybody's coming here with the common goal to be the best that they could possibly be. And we've always maintained that attitude from the day that we opened all the way through today. And I think that's one of the things that makes us the best. Not only that, um, you know, we've got a lot of guys here that are on the coaching staff who are homegrown talent. You know, at first we had to bring other coaches in because we were a young gym. We had to hire people from uh, other gyms and, and uh, other towns and people that moved out here. But now the vast majority of the coaches that we have here are people that grew up in this facility, growing up around the people that helped to make this facility what it is, and also learning from the best along the way uh, as they went. My man, Eric Nixick, who just won Coach of the Year from uh, MMA Junkie, 
has been at this gym since it opened in 2007 as a student. I started just after that in 2008, and me and Eric actually came up together as students at this gym. Now Eric's the general manager of this facility and was just named coach of the year for 2020. Um, that's, I mean, that to me is not surprising. He, he grew up around some of the best minds in the sport that come in and out of this place from time to time, but he did everything here under this one roof. Um, I think that mentality and that attitude is what makes us one of the best gyms in Vegas, if not one of the best in the world. What do you think? Now, when it comes down to some of the names that obviously came through Extreme Couture, in addition to obviously the guy and, I mean, obviously the Couture family, Randy, Kim, and Ryan Couture that have been around the fight game forever. I mean, when it comes down to training some of these competitors, I mean, when it comes down to you training some of these competitors, obviously them getting ready for a UFC fight or a Bellator fight, I mean, does that make you feel like actually going back into MMA or actually going back into a major promotion like how you were when you were in the WSOF? I mean, it's it's hard not to be motivated around some of the guys that we have here, man. Everybody's coming here every day mm -hmm. trying to improve themselves, you know. So you you are who you spend your time with, you know. Being around that many motivated people, around that many high-level people who are not only here working as hard as they can for themselves, but are willing to share their knowledge with you and give you work and give you rounds and give you different looks and give you input on what you're doing. I don't see how you couldn't be motivated to want to step in and try some of this stuff for yourself or want to get back in there if you've been out for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially considering the fact that you got a few names like Dan Ige, like Hani Marcus, like even, I think, Lazar Stodadinovic. I mean, sorry, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name up. He's going to probably want to kick my ass because of that. But still, you got so many names, especially out of this camp right now, that are looking to make their name, especially in these big promotions like a UFC or a Bellator. I mean, still, don't you think that's kind of crazy how they're just producing all these fighters that are just built for the big time, built for stardom? It is, man. I mean, I, I spend all my time here. This place is, is my second home. You know, I, the only other place I spend more time in the gym is my own house taking care of my babies. But, uh, you know, you see these guys day in and day out and you work with them day in, day out and they, they become your friends and they become your boys and they become your brothers. But every now and then you just stop and look around like, man, the level of talent in this place is mind blowing, especially when we have fights in town and other guys are coming in from out of town with their coaches and their camps and you get to see all the biggest names of the sport walking through here at one point or another. And all of them are really cool as hell. And it's hard not to get blown away by that, man. But also, that also exactly. is super motivating, too. Exactly. And, Andrew, do you got any more questions to ask? Yeah, yeah. right before we go into the uh, Bud Sport match, I got to ask, you know, 2020 was a horrible year, especially for gyms uh, of all kinds, whether it be MMA gyms or your, uh, you know, your soccer mom. Basically, gym. your pretty much mom-pop brand gyms or your Planet Fitnesses and stuff like that. Basically, yeah. But and so I, I wanted to ask you, Gil, was uh, Extreme Couture effective? Uh, obviously, it's still operating, but uh, was there any negative – uh, effect because of COVID, just because of restrictions or any of that sort? Yeah, we, we were hit um, just like a lot of places where there was a two-month period where we shut our doors completely. Um, the only people that were in here were guys that needed to be here, guys that had UFC fights because UFC was the only game in town. 
and then maybe a handful of training partners to help those guys out. But for, their, for a two-month period, we were, we were shut down. No one was teaching classes. No one was teaching private sessions. There was a two-month period where I was sitting at home and not doing a whole lot. I was working out in my garage. I would try to sneak in here because I do have a key to this place. I was trying to sneak in here uh, when I knew there was going to be nobody else in here just so I could get my own work in. Uh, but that two-month period, man, we, we were closed down, lights off, nothing was happening. Once they looked at some of the restrictions and they gave us some limited capacity stuff uh, that we could do, we opened back up as safely as we could. We implemented, uh, you know, temperature checks at the door. Um, we implemented mask wearing uh, when we can't maintain uh, six feet of space. We limited class sizes. We implemented a check-in system where only so many people check into the class at a time to limit the capacity. Fortunately, our facility is very, very big. We have about a 24,000 square foot facility, so we can fit in a pretty good number of people, even though we're only limited to about 25% capacity right now. Uh, that still means we get to have classes of about 20 people per class, still maintaining spacing and maintaining restrictions. So I mean, like, big... come to think of it, y'all got like, what, 100 people training a day? Oh, man. Yeah, we, we've got two sides to the gym. It's split into two sides of two different mat areas. One side's got the strength and conditioning area. The other side has two full-size octagons. Um, so on any given day, on our busiest days, it's not unrealistic to get over 100 people in here. Wow. Andrew? What else? Let's talk about your busboard match. Um, you did mention that uh, Moxley had put your name in. Uh, and I'm just curious to know, did you uh, know about busboard before uh, you got offered a match? I did. Um, you know, I've, I've been a pro wrestling fan growing up uh, pretty much my entire life. Um, I uh, And I've, I've watched some of the independent stuff as well. The, the blood sports stuff I got into um, – because of our local organization, uh, FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling. I have a couple buddies that actually wrestle for that organization and they do a show, they've done a show a couple times called Natural Born Killers. Uh, Moxley actually got to wrestle Killer Cross at one of those shows uh, a couple years back and I was at that show, which was, just, it was awesome. You know what, um, come to think of it, I think, I mean, and I'm sorry to interrupt even though it's kind of my thing, but I think I know one of the guys you're talking about, does the name Dave Mazzani bring anything to you? Train Train, Dave Mazzani, that's my boy, man. Me and Dave have trained together for many years. Dave still comes in and does private sessions here at my gym. I get to see him several days a week. Uh, he's a great dude, man. He's a real good friend. Mm -hmm. Because I was figuring you would probably, you know, I mean, I think he would probably give you some pointers about how this thing goes because he, I think, competed on one of those natural born killers cards for FSW, right? He competed against Ryan Couture, who was another teammate of mine as well. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I talked to Dave and, and uh, you know, I got some information from him and, and some advice. Uh, he, he definitely gave me some stuff that I'm going to be able to use in this match. I'm just curious to know, did you ever get any offered any other like pro wrestling thing in the past? Or is this like the first dead series offer about a, 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 pro, a pro wrestling match? No, I, I got one other offer from Future Stars of Wrestling to wrestle Dave Mazzani. Uh, about a year and a half ago. And unfortunately, I had to turn it down. My kids, I have twins, and my kids were not even a year old yet. And uh, it was kind of short notice. I had trouble finding a babysitter. Unfortunately, I had to turn it down because, you know, being a dad comes first. But uh, mm -hmm. I was supposed to wrestle Dave Mazzani at one of the shows. Another teammate of mine, Ryan Walker, ended up stepping into that match instead uh, and got that opportunity. But 
it, it definitely made me curious. Like, man, if another one of these ever comes along, I'm definitely going to have to jump all over it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean, would you give, I mean, in the future, obviously, when we're all free of, you know, being in quarantine hell, would you want to face off against the pain train, the former EFC worldwide lightweight champion, Dave Mazzani again, in pro wrestling, of course. Me and Dave have beat each other up uh, several times over the last several years uh, for free. Doing that in front of a crowd and getting paid for it would be a lot of fun. I would definitely love to get in there and, and test uh, test my skills in pro wrestling ring against Dave Mazzani. So cool. Let's talk, cool. Let's talk about your Bloodsport match. You're taking on Diego Perez, also uh, an MMA fighter as well uh, from the California area. Sorry, hold on a second. Oh, sure, no problem. Hold on, sorry, I was having a little technical issue there. Okay. <laughs> can you hear me? Oh yes, we can hear you. Um, as I was saying, uh, uh, you're taking on Diego Perez, an MMA fighter from the California area, trains out California MMA. Um, also making his pro wrestling debut, as far as I know. Um, what do you know about your opponent? Uh, oh, actually, no, Andrew. I think Diego Perez is from Florida, if I'm not mistaken, Castleberry, Florida. But he trains out of California MMA, so I'm assuming he is he is from California. Right, right, right. But please continue. Oh, I mean, actually, no, Gil. What are your thoughts about your opponent, Diego Perez, coming up? As far as I know, Diego's a student of Josh's at Josh uh, Barnett's gym in California. I don't know much else about him besides that. I know if he's a student of Josh, uh, that he's going to be well-trained. He's going to be tough as nails. Um, I know he's tall. I don't know much else about him, honestly. I mean, aside from the fact that in professional MMA, he's got a one and two professional record compared to your Mm -hmm. five and three professional MMA record, even though course those numbers don't really matter when it comes down to facing another guy in the ring or the cage Mm -hmm. yeah i I knew he had a pro record um he never came up on my radar uh in uh, mixed martial arts uh maybe it's just because we compete in different states or uh maybe it's because the differences in our record but for whatever reason i i was unaware of him as an MMA fighter when I was just doing MMA, but I did become aware of his MMA record once this match got set up. So how do you hmm. prepare? I mean, uh, I mean, kind of think of it, and I'm, again, Andrew, sorry for interrupting, but would it be kind of like how you faced off against Giga Chikadze at WSOF 26? You know, mm-hmm. you're just facing off against the unknown. Um, you know, you do as much research as you can on these guys and you find as much uh, stuff about them as you can to be able to formulate a game plan. Um, you know, I know he's tall. I know he's lanky. I know he's one of Josh's students, so I know he's going to be tough. I know he's not going to be afraid to, to mix it up in there. Um, and, you know, that's a limited amount of information to be able to come up with the game plan. But it's enough for me to at least formulate a plan A, plan B, plan C, where we can go in there and kind of see what's going to happen and play off of what he gives us to play with. With Giga, for example, I knew he was a kickboxer. He had fought in glory kickboxing. I knew he was a striker. I knew he was highly ranked at the time. Um, so that just led me to believe that he wasn't going to be much of a wrestler. And I ended up being right. I ended up taking him down every round of that fight and ended up winning by unanimous decision. Mm. So with this fight, uh, you know, how are you preparing for your first pro wrestling match? Because usually you're the one who's training people. Are you going someplace to train uh, or are you doing something at your gym to prepare? Uh, tell us about your preparation, if that's if you can. 
Well, as I mentioned, I don't really need to go anywhere. I've got everything I need right here in this gym, including uh, plenty of people to choose from, from plenty of different skill sets. I also have the fortunate, uh, the fortunate situation of being able to ask John Moxley for his help in situations like this as well. I've gotten some mat time in with Mox. Uh, I've gotten some mat time in with uh, a few of my other regular training partners here. I haven't really been doing much different than I would be if I was training for any other fight. You work on all your skill sets, you work on your striking, you work on your grappling, you work on your wrestling. I do plenty of strength and conditioning work being the strength and conditioning coach. Um, it's really just getting used to the rule set and the limitations of the space that we're competing in. Competing in that ring, it's a little bit of a smaller area than I'm used to. Not having any barriers around the outside is a little bit different than what I'm used to. So we gotta be aware of our space and not fall out of the ring or anything like that. Aside from that, Training for this isn't much different than training for any other fight. What about also the fact that it's in an undisclosed location with no audience? What do you think yeah. about that? That's This is getting into like fight club territory almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, basically parts unknown, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, parts unknown. Oh, well, what, are, what, are your th- what are your thoughts on that, Gil? That, that, that this is how they're uh, doing this, this show? I almost prefer it. You know, I, I have no qualms about competing in front of a crowd. I have, I have no hesitation about being there in front of people and having cameras on me and all that kind of stuff. I've been there plenty of times, but uh, it almost takes a lot of the pressure off. It's it's just me, the opponent, the referee, and, you know, maybe if any of the other guys in the back want to kind of check out the match, it, there's no there's no pressure there. You know, I, I just have to focus on the guy that's in front of me, which I'm going to do anyway if I was in any other fight situation you learn to tune out the noise of everything else around you and focus on the guy that's in front of you because that guy's trying to hurt you this kind of just takes that crowd out of it all of it uh, out of it so I don't have to listen to that buzzing around me I could just focus on what's going on right in front of me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now uh, with this uh with the blood sport rules for people that don't know is either you win by knockout or submission or if it goes if it goes to time limits and no contest what would be the ideal way you could uh beat Diego Perez, what do you want your finish to be? You know, I'm always, uh, I'm always looking to finish things as quickly as possible. I'm, uh, I'm not particularly a guy who enjoys hurting people. That's not why I do this. I, I don't do this because I like to hurt people. I don't do this because I, w- I want to cause life-threatening injuries to other people. I do this because I like to compete. I do this because I like to push myself and I like to test myself. Um, so when I go into a fight, I'm really just looking for the quickest, most efficient way to put you away as possible. But how quick and how efficient that's going to be depends entirely upon the person that I'm standing across from. If you want to give me your arm and give me your neck and find a way out of that fight as quickly as you can, uh, as you can, I'm going to take whatever it is you give me and I'm going to walk up, I'm going to walk away as quick as possible. Cause I'm going to get paid the same, no matter what. But if I got to put a little bit of a hurting on you, if I have to break you in half in order to get what I want, I have no hesitation about doing that either. Whatever I got to do to get the victory, I'm going to get the victory. So against Diego, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to try to close the distance. I'm going to try to get inside. He's taller. He's longer. So I want to take those advantages away from him. And I want to look for a way where I can take away as much space as possible and then maybe look to take his neck or one of his arms home with me. But if I got to fight him and break him to make that happen, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Right, right. Of course, of course. But to be honest, I mean, what do you have when it comes down to defending his attacks, if he has any? 
Um, you know, I've got a lot of experience uh, in MMA. I've got a lot of experience as a wrestler, as a grappler, as a striker. There's not a whole lot that he's going to throw at me that the dozens of world-class guys that we have here at this gym haven't thrown at me already. You know, whatever weapons he's got available, I hope he brings them all with him. I want to see exactly what he's got. And I want to find a way to turn that against him and get the victory. Now, regardless of how the, of the fight goes, um, you win, you lose, preferably you win. Do you see yourself continuing in pro wrestling? Or is this something you want? Is this maybe just a, you want to work with blood sports? Or, yeah, what, what do you see your future in pro wrestling being? I never even saw myself having a career in pro wrestling. This was an opportunity. Uh, this was a, a new arena, a, a new rule set, a different atmosphere. And that was exciting to me. I love challenges like that. I love things that take me outside my comfort zone and force me to grow and adapt because that's how we get better at what we do. You have to step out, mm -hmm. of, your, uh, out of your comfort zone. You have to be able to grow and adapt. I've been getting this question from a lot of people here at the gym, actually. A lot of people think that I'm going to move on from MMA and just do this now, and that's not the case. I still plan on continuing to fight in mixed martial arts at least for a few more years. But this was an interesting opportunity. I could not say no to it. And I'm sure once I get in there and I get a taste for this, I'm probably going to want to do this again. This is just one more avenue for me to be able to go out there and show people what I got. Mm -hmm. I see. And um, when it comes down to this, and I normally ask a lot of, I mean, when it comes down to what you basically just said, how you only got a few more years in doing this left, even though I'm not saying that you don't have it in you anymore, because obviously you do. Obviously, but still, if let's just say if you weren't fighting in professional MMA or if you weren't, you know, involved in martial arts in general, what would be your backup plan? What would be your plan B when it comes down to having not just a side gig, but an actual, you know, living, so to speak? I make a living as a and I'm sorry if that's what I do. Competing is how I make my money. What was that? I mean, I'm sorry if the question confused you a bit. No, I, I understand what you're saying, but um, I'm not a plan B guy. I don't have a plan B. I, I, I have a goal and I go after the goal. That's it. My goal is to make a living, take care of my wife and my kids, and uh, be able to do as much fun stuff as I can with the skill set that I've spent years developing. Um, this is just another way for me to do that. Uh, if fighting disappeared tomorrow, if pro wrestling opportunities disappeared tomorrow, I would still be doing what I'm doing. I would still be coming to the gym every day. I would be training clients from all walks of life. I would still be working on developing my own skill set just for my own personal benefit. Nothing in my life would change mm -hmm. if I decided to stop competing today. Gotcha. Right, right. Understood. And um, another thing when it comes down to those you know, from outside the sporting world. Obviously, you're going to have a lot of fans that are going to be seeing you for the first time. But when it comes down to, you know, those outside our little fight bubble, those who think, oh, that all the, I mean, that all y'all basically do is just, I mean, I don't want to say bullshit, but basically that y'all aren't really that serious. And then you got the celebrity fighters like, you know, Logan Pauls of the world and the, YouTubers, the social media influencers that only see this as like, you know, I'm just going to do this and then do whatever stupid shit I got to do next. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? 
if they're paying to watch it, then they can say whatever they want. You know, people's opinions that are outside of my circle and outside of what goes into the work that I have to do to do what I do, their opinions don't matter to me. I'm sure the other people that are in my situation feel the same way. If you're going to pay to watch it, then pay to watch it. If you're not going to watch it, then don't watch it. But your opinions and what you want to say about it, positive or negative, isn't going to influence my decision to want to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as far as those that are looking to get into the sport and just basically make money, but only use it as like, you know, a way to say that they're just doing this just to get paid. I mean, what would be your advice to them? Find a better way to get paid. <laughs> uh, there's a saying in MMA, if you want to make a... If- you want to make a large fortune in MMA start with a small or sorry if you want to make a small fortune in MMA start with a large fortune <laughs> there, there's there's only so many people that are going to make the ridiculous amounts of money that you see some of these guys at the highest level of the sport make the rest of the guys are going to make some money where they're going to have a comfortable living to pay off their house to buy a car all that kind of stuff but then a lot of people are they're not going to get to that level that's just how it goes if you're in this for the money that's going to get played out after a while If you're in this because you love the competition, you love to push yourself, you love to test yourself, that's going to take you way further than being motivated by the money. The money's going to come and go, or sometimes it's not going to come at all. There has to be other reasons why you love doing this stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, right. So my la- my one last big question for you, Gil, is and I'm curious uh, really to hear your opinion on this. So uh, there was a pro a uh, woman pro wrestler a few years ago named Jordan Grace. Uh, she wrote something on social media that caused a little bit of a, I guess, divide among uh, wrestling fans. She basically said that she considers pro wrestling an art and not a sport. I want to get your thoughts on 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 your opinion on what pro wrestling is. What do you consider? Do you consider it an art, sport, hybrid of both, none? I want to hear your thoughts any competition that involves athletic skill and one person against another person or several people against other people is a sport. I mean, it's any sport that you see on TV is done for entertainment. Uh, Any sport that involves combat skill is going to have an art component to it. We're called martial arts for a reason. Um, You know, there's, it's a classic debate, right? What's a sport? What's not, what's not a sport for years. MMA was not considered a sport. Now we're about as mainstream as they get. Um, But for decades, this was not a sport. This was a fringe thing that had its own little fan base that was very, very passionate about it. But we were the minority, right? Pro wrestling's kind of always been that way as well. Um, You know, you can call it what you want to call it. um, But I think the level of athletic skill that it takes to get in there with these guys is about as high as any other contact sport that you can play, especially when there is a combat sports component to it. Any mistake that you make, you not only run the risk of hurting the person across from you, but you also run the risk of seriously hurting yourself. You have to take that seriously. So to the outside viewer, you might think this is a sport or you might think this is art or you might think this is for fun or you might think this is for whatever. I challenge you to get in there, go to a wrestling school, go to an MMA gym, go somewhere where you have to stand in front of somebody and get hands put on you and have other people try to put you into situations against your will. Whatever arena it is, I guarantee it's going to be an eye-opening experience for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, that, power. Uh, with that Truth being said, power. I want to get, uh, Gil, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, plug uh your gym, social media, sponsors, if you have any, uh, and also as well, uh, after that, uh, if you have any 
uh, words would you like to say to uh, Diego Perez? So go ahead. The floor is yours. Uh, no sponsors. I'm a self-made man. Everything I do is supported by the work that I put in every single day. Uh, and it's supported by the clients that I train. So if any of you guys are watching, thank you so much. I appreciate all your, your support over the years. Uh, I definitely appreciate all of your hard work day in, day out. Uh, thank you to John Moxley for presenting this opportunity to me. Thank you for Josh Barnett for giving me the opportunity. Uh, thank you to Extreme Couture for the, the last 13 years of giving me the skills, the space, and the ability to do anything that I ever wanted to do in any realm of combat sports. I'm surrounded by so many great people at this gym. Uh, I'm surrounded by my brothers, my sisters. It's all friends and family here at the gym, man. I can't say enough good things about this place. Um, thank you to my wife, who's uh, been with me since we were 16 years old, uh, who gave me two beautiful children. Thank you to my babies for giving me the motivation that uh, I need to get out of bed every single day and work my ass off. Um, Diego Perez, I don't know much about him, man. All I know is that he better come ready and he better come willing to endure as much pain as possible. I don't like to hurt people, man, but I'm going to have to, I'm going to do whatever it is that I have to do to get this victory. I don't have anything against him. I don't have anything that I know about him personally. All I know is that if you're the person that's going to stand across the ring from me, the only way for me to forgive you for doing that is to absolutely destroy you. I just hope he's ready for that. Okay. Bold words. And as uh, for the Blunt Sport car, you can check it out this Saturday. I'm guessing February the 13th, right? On yes, Blunt sir. Yep. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be but, sure but to check out the site. Pay the 30 bucks. Check it out. You won't enjoy. I mean, you won't be left dissatisfied. And if and I yeah, damn good action too. If you don't mind me chiming as well, I just want to say, Gil, the the match I am looking most forward to is between you and Diego because it's always interesting to see two people who are debuting in pro wrestling having a match. Because you just listen, I'm familiar with a little bit, a little bit familiar with everybody else on the card in terms of of who they are as a pro wrestler. But I have never seen you pro wrestle. And I've never seen him. So that's why I'm really looking forward to this match. Is that I don't know how it's going to be. And that's why I'm so intrigued. I'm so looking forward to it. It is a match I'm looking forward to the most, to tell you the truth. I'm looking forward to it too, man. I'm definitely curious to see how it goes in there uh, for the both of us. I know it's the first time for, for the two of us. I Again, I just hope he's ready to bring it, man, because I'm going to go in there and try to show off every skill set that I possibly have. Make sure you turn in early because I'm pretty sure that we're the first match on the card. We're jerking the curtain, so make sure you tune in early. You don't want to miss it. So you have the extra pressure of saying the rest of the uh, the tone, the uh, the atmosphere for the rest of the show. So you have a lot on your shoulders for your debut. Ah, yep. <laughs> we got to set the tone. But, uh, Gil, thank you once again for talking to us. We really appreciate it, and good luck in your match, man. It's I'm really looking forward to it. We're all looking forward to it, Chris and I. Yep. Oh, thank exactly. you so much. Thank uh, you, I appreciate you guys having me on. No problem. Take care. Take care. Later.